Before we get into today's podcast, I just want to tell all the Canadian listeners and viewers out there about Maple Wi-Fi. Now, internet on the road, if you're living in a van or even if you're living in rural Canada, is a problem. The three big cell providers here just absolutely are so expensive and the unlimited internet they provide is absolute trash once it gets throttled. I think Canada is up there in one of the worst countries in the world for cost and and uh, data speeds. So Maple Wi-Fi is a solution that I found when I was living in my van that worked wonders. It's this little tiny device here and it holds a charge for up to 24 hours. So it's nice and portable, you can bring it with you and it doesn't require a bunch of hardware to be either be installed on your van or to be set up like Starlink does. And it doesn't have to stow away and have space to be able to be uh, stored. It's just this small, tiny little device. So I was able to actually get rid of my data plans, which worked out to about the same cost as unlimited high-speed internet. The way this works is you can connect to any network available from any provider within Canada, Rogers, Telus, Bell, Freedom, anything that's available. And so you can kind of optimize for your location and, and figure out the best speeds. And the other way that it works is Maple Wi-Fi provides a AT&T unlimited international roaming plan through this and so that is how they circumnavigate the throttling that happens for Canadian providers. So if you're interested in getting the best internet, portable internet device within Canada, I believe, you can check out the link in the description. It's an affiliate link, so we get a small cut direct from Maple Wi-Fi. It's no extra cost to you, and it goes a long way to support this show. So if you're interested, check out the link in the description. Thanks for watching and listening to this podcast, and now let's get into today's episode. I'm Forrest Stevens. Uh, this is the Travel for Nothing Come Home Rich podcast. I'm here with Chris who I actually did a van tour with, uh, link in the description and in the card up above, if you guys want to check out this van that we're in right now. Um, so Chris, why don't you tell everybody what you're all about? Cool. Um, so yeah, I'm just living in my van, traveling. I'm from the Central East Coast near Gatineau, Ottawa originally. And um, I wanted to make a lifestyle shift because I seem to be doing a lot of outdoor stuff and I wanted to kind of move in the direction of doing that more easily and more accessibly um, plus you hear how great BC is all the time and I used to live in California so I've seen the west coast but mm-hmm. um, it's nice to come out here and be able to work and be like a citizen without without a problem so I traveled from Ottawa to Colorado for a month and a half did some snowboarding living in the van and in my friend's condo and then uh, went to Utah for a couple of weeks to rock climb and then now I'm here. Nice. Yeah. So what was your reasoning for getting into a van was um, primarily because you like traveling, you like being outdoors, adventurous kind of style. Mm-hmm. Did you do any traveling before this? Yeah. So before um, I'd been to Asia the year before to rock climb for a month, mm-hmm. living out of a backpack for a bit, which for a month isn't very long. But mm-hmm. um, once again, wasn't like jones in for my things back home so you realize cool i could probably live out even just a backpack mm-hmm. um and then i used to live in san diego for about seven months um i was crafting jewelry at a company i still do it as well i just don't do it like online and as a main job mm. um, but that was the first time i experienced being able to live 
remotely nomadically yeah. while making income that um in the states there's a bit of that line of without the visa you want to be doing things under the table right so the crystal business was like so long as i was making under a certain amount of money i didn't have to claim it for a business oh i see so i made tons of money under the table um yeah. selling jewelry and then living out in an apartment and stuff mm -hmm. but the apartment was like 1200 bucks a month for a studio crazy us you know yeah and i was making enough to cover that nice but yeah it's you know you never get that money back so so were you selling locally at all in San Diego or yep. just online? No, I was selling uh, locally online and at like transformational festivals and stuff. Okay, yeah. So I go like Lightning in a Bottle, um, Lucidity, Five Elements, all these festivals where you had to mm. pay about 500 bucks to have a booth. Oh, yeah. So you put the money up and then I'd also have a lot of crystals on consignment mm -hmm. through these really nice shops that I was friends with. Oh, I see. And yeah. then they would let me take huge pieces which which for sure bring in people when they see this massive piece of quartz or a mm -hmm. huge amethyst crystal cave um stuff that i for sure couldn't afford yeah but then they're brought in and then they buy the 15 20 necklaces right um but it was cool just to like that was the first time i'd seen people like value something creative that i've done in that sense cool because that's a personal thing right yeah how do you put a money on art you know mm -hmm. and to say art is weird because it's just wire wrapping mm -hmm. but there's an artistic touch to it mm -hmm. and so it was cool to be able to like connect people with with stones because that's the love for me came from geology mm -hmm. and thinking like this could have been here millions of years ago and there's dinosaurs cool and people are like oh yeah right chakras and stuff right and it's like whatever it means to you <laughs> you know like whatever it means just yeah like being more in touch with that imagine carrying around a wave in your pocket yeah or like a piece of bark these things are just like grounding for us so it was cool to do that, you know, and so, yeah, I, I, I really, uh, I'd really like to get back into it. In fact, in Colorado and Utah, I found so many beautiful stones that I've wrapped since. Nice. I just haven't had the, um, the energy to like flow it lately. I think all my time that I have off, I'm just kind of trying to be outside and doing things, you know, mm -hmm. but yeah, for sure. I got to get back into that. So <clears throat> what made you stop, um, having your own business and going back to work for somebody else hmm um I think I was I was doing it with a partner okay and so maybe symbolically I attributed like that working system to like our relationship as well mm -hmm. I kept doing it though since you know this was mm -hmm. it was 20 at the time so this is for five years I've still been crafting and selling stuff and even okay. back home I'd go to flea markets and markets and mm -hmm. you get kind of known as like oh this guy like sells crystals if anyone because people would find stones themselves mm. and then their friends would tell their friends, hey, my friend can wrap that for you. Right. But now it's become less of a, you know, at one point I was sitting there and it's like, as much as it was relaxing, I did have to, it was like, yo, you got to do 20 pieces today. Mm. Otherwise, mm -hmm. like we're not going to make enough for rent. Right. So I was like, okay. So you did sit there and watch documentaries and go to the beach and just craft and craft and craft. Right. But it was once again, that thing of super awesome to know that like your lifestyle, no one's going to knock at your door and go forest. Yeah. You got to come to work and pump gas for us. Right. <laughs> if you don't want an eight to four, like you can sort that out. Yeah. There's just no template. Yeah. So it might come with a couple things that are a little less obvious and a bit more trusting and, but how beautiful, right? Cause then yeah. everything you do is kind of like, well, it's on your time. And, and so, yeah, it's pretty awesome. But right now I'm working for a junk removal company on the island. Mm -hmm. And because it's only four days a week and, and I really enjoy treasure hunting and hanging out with the guys that I work with, it's a bit longer, but you know, I love it mm -hmm. and I get to see the island and, um, 
yeah, it makes me think a lot of people don't live with like a certain amount of intent seeing the things that people right. throw away. Interesting. Yeah, for example, the, cool. the other day, and I won't say what company they own because it could link them to it, but someone owns an island privately here across from Sydney. Mm-hmm. And it's like a billion dollar island with a golf course and he has 50 employees working there and million dollar cars and yachts. And yeah. we shipped our boats out on a barge and got picked up by a huge bus boat and dropped off so we can go pick up this guy's junk. Wow. And so when we got there, my boss nudged me and just went like, this is this guy's lifestyle and what he's used to. And you live in a van. <laughs> and, and I didn't think about it at all. Until we left, I was like, oh, wow, you're right. Like, this guy's not even using his $10 million yacht. He lives in San Diego, uh-huh. and he flies on a private jet to an airstrip that he has on the island or by his helicopter or whatever he's feeling that day. Uh-huh. It just, you know, That's and it and it's... Mind-boggling. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> What's crazier is that people are making their living, making sure when he comes down for a week out of the year, he enjoys himself, mm-hmm. sit on this island and just do all this. But it was just crazy to see... To what point does that money make you happy and what point is that like, but who knows, right? Yeah. Maybe that is like the, maybe that's the best thing for him. I have no idea, right? Yeah, yeah. It just made me go like, oh, crazy, are my expectations really low? (laughs) What does this mean, you know? Yeah, that's an interesting point because, you know, who is anybody to say what makes anyone else happy or not, right? Totally, and if it adds value to his life, like, for example, I, I saw... We were on like a safari tour in these really nice Range Rovers. Oh, yeah. So we're driving around the island. We go to put on our seatbelts, and the girl's like, you don't need to put your seatbelts. Like, we're on a private island. There's no <laughs> lights. There's no cops. There's no nothing, right? Yeah. But, yeah, 50 employees cutting the greens, doing this and that. Guy's not even here. But then again, I hear stories about how his kids are great golfers, and they love golfing. And uh-huh. so maybe it maybe it is like the coolest thing, you know? Like, yeah. who's to say? And, and maybe he does really find joy and value in all of these things. Right. Um, it just, from an economical standpoint, it does seem like a bit far-fetched when there's people dying across the road and stuff. Yeah. But, like, once again, who's to say, you know? It's not to yeah. say he didn't work hard for his money. And maybe he does donate. I don't know what he's up to, you know? Right, yeah, totally. Just kind of wicked to see that that's how much <laughs> someone could even, like, own. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so... A lot of people are interested in van life because they want to reduce costs mm. in general so that they can maybe work less and travel more. Mm-hmm. Is that some? Is that something that inspired you to get in here? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I think generally I'm quite resourceful, so I always knew working wouldn't be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to do social work for about five years, and, and I really enjoy it, working with cognitively exceptional adults mm-hmm. in group homes, one-on-one, all these things. Yeah. Um, but I, I did find that emotionally I was in a place where I think I really didn't want to have to have that kind of armored suit all the time at work. Mm-hmm. I was dealing with emotions and humans is like, it's easy to say, leave that stuff at work. But when you're caring for someone you appreciate, you enjoy, when you come home, sometimes you can't really just stop thinking about it. Right. And so I was in a position where I did want to maybe change it up and do something that felt, I guess, a bit lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, which consequently normally comes with a bit of a pay cut because yeah. I was making a pretty good living doing social work yeah. and I'd worked my way up as well. So, um, but yes, bringing this back to being able to cut costs, it's like, sure, I don't make $30 an hour anymore, mm-hmm. but I still make a pretty good wage and I don't have the thousand plus an extra month for rent. Mm-hmm. So it balances out for me. 
Yeah. So for me, it's like, sure, it's cut costs. And, and in that sense, you don't have to spend as much. But for me, even more important thing is it means I don't have to work 50, 60 hour weeks. Yeah. You know? And so that's nice because... That's super awesome. Yeah, because even in an apartment, I want to save money. Mm-hmm. So you can. It's just you got to work a bit harder. Whereas this is like... I do have expenses nonetheless, but I can save money almost at the same rate I used to. But yeah, my bills are a little bit less and I don't have to work 67 hour weeks, you know? So Mm -hmm. yeah, but um, I think being in the van just makes all of it a little bit more deliberate, you know, like grocery shopping is normally I think two or three days in advance. Some people go to Costco and they're like, yeah, I got groceries for three weeks. (laughs) It's like, you better hope you have a dialed in regiment because like, don't waste any of that, you know? Totally. Versus this is like, yeah, if you shop fresh at the grocery store every other day, probably spend a little bit less money and make sure you eat. Some nights I'm in here and I want to splurge and like go to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. What do I got in the kitchen? It's like, yeah, you got dates and peanut butter. <laughs> That's it, man. Like you can't, I can't go nuts, you know, like yeah. you eat what you have. So yeah, sometimes you do, you do spend a little bit less, you know. That's an yeah. interesting thing as well. You touched on uh, food waste. Um, I can't remember the exact statistic, but it's like, the amount of food waste in North America could feed the whole world. And there's, you know, starving people all over the world. Um, and I don't, like, when I was living in a van, I think the food waste was super minimal, Big if time. any at all. Uh, of course. And uh, I'm sure that's the same for you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, but uh, just seeing as well, like, kind of the waste that goes around food. Yeah. In terms of, like, how packaging. much water did you waste to clean it? How much packaging, right? Mm-hmm. How much time, how much uh, soap did you have to use? How much electricity did you use to wash that? Yeah. Versus, yeah, if there's one con, and this is like for anyone watching who's Mm -hmm. talking about cons. Yeah. I haven't found one in the van, not one, aside from dishes, man. Mm -hmm. Sometimes like, yeah, if you're in a sprinter with the sink, (laughs) no problem. I don't have a sink in here. Yeah. So yeah, it's the only thing sometimes I'm, it was, it's not bad now, but yeah, when it was cold in the desert yeah, and I got to heat jet boil up so I can just wash my oatmeal dishes. Yeah. But yeah, aside from that, it's, um, it's all pretty, pretty great, you know? So there are some people that, um, use like vinegar to wash their dishes mm-hmm. in vans or, uh, I know one guy that uses alcohol. Awesome. And, um, that seems like I, that's not something I ever did. I always used like same as you like just to wash and like a really natural soap and then like steel wool to like scrub really well yeah um so it kept the water to super minimal as well but right um i think alcohol is an interesting way yeah for sure no vinegar too it's it's when you leave it sit yeah right like oatmeal or you make like a nice curry or you do something but um yeah definitely you got to wipe it out like right away yeah otherwise it's it's the only con but cooking itself is kind of funner you know because (laughs) it is i find because it's more of an adventure it's less versus but i do know people who live in homes and every time they turn on their stove they thank it yeah go like thank you for heating my food for being here right and that's precious, man, because, yeah, you could get desensitized to the fact that you have this kitchen. Oh, absolutely. You know, and so, um, but it's pretty good. I'm primarily plant-based, so I don't really um, need to, like, freeze ice cream or cool down steaks in the fridge. Mm-hmm. So I do find a lot of the times I can, you know, with the exception of, like, you got to eat hummus in two or three days. Right. Hummus doesn't taste so good when it's baking in the heat <laughs> for a week. But aside from that, like, yeah, it's it's been pretty good because I do have the cooler, so mm-hmm. I can keep things cool. But right. yeah, cooking's not, it's not been anything um, super, like, tough to get around, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's with that 
cutting of the rent cost as well. I think it does give me a little bit more leeway to eat out sometimes because mm-hmm. by the For time sure. I do the dishes and heat it up and use the butane, it's like to pay someone else two bucks to make the burrito yeah. instead of costing six for me to make it costs eight to buy it's like it's not going to break the bank yeah for the convenience of it yeah so unfortunately i do eat out a little bit more than i'd like mm-hmm. but fortunately victoria's got good food so absolutely you're working a job i'm assuming you're probably saving money um are you going to eventually quit your job and go traveling or are you going to transition to working remotely again or do you have any plans for um in the future for employment or anything yeah i think I think for now I'm just going to keep keep to the working while conversely simultaneously traveling. Mm-hmm. Like I just went home for two weeks back to the East Coast, which, you know, to some might not be traveling. But, you know, anytime you're taking a plane and displacing yourself from like your home base is traveling. Yeah. So, you know, I count that as a travel and I have to go back in September for my mom's wedding. Right. Which is pretty okay. soon. Um, yeah. So that's traveling as well. But yeah, for sure in the winter when it starts raining a lot here, mm-hmm. I'm either going to go to Morocco in November for a while mm-hmm. and do some climbing and try to surf and do all that stuff, or I might travel in the van and go back-ish to the States, cool. climbing, checking things out. It's just so easy with like... The all mobi- Yeah, it's just yeah. so nice, you know? Um, but what I've found is like, I feel like I'll be living in a van for a while, and so being on the west coast it's super easy to cross go down to seattle and like make your way down to california or hang out in utah or nevada or because those are the places i typically want to be because the climbing's just great and the climates are usually pretty good yeah but i can do that anytime versus taking a plane to like morocco or africa that's like a different level of excitement yeah they're comparable but they're just different and so yeah i think if not one, then the other for sure. Okay. But yeah, this lifestyle for me, man, is just to like be able to save as much as I can while having a lifestyle I enjoy. So I think I'll always like, there's, there's not like a set expectation. Yeah. But like, yeah, I'm pushing for the lifestyle of like, just always be able to travel, always be able to, but while saving. Yeah. Cause I totally. do want to build a tiny home in these things. So if I can have one for saving travels, one for saving for a home. So that way, it's not like every time you leave on a travel, you're back to zero. Right, um, totally. But yes, as well, working remotely, like when I'm in the van, I'm going to start selling coffee on the road. Cool. Um, just because at these places where you're hiking and climbing, a lot of times there's other people doing the same thing. Yeah. And so even if I could just make people happy and get them some coffee, and if you end up making 20, 30, 40 bucks a day, yeah. it's better than nothing at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the plan is for sure to just keep traveling and living, you know? sweet yeah but yeah the monetary thing is is for sure it'd be nice to think remotely but in the same breath i don't know i'd i enjoy the groundingness of having a bit of a routine mm-hmm. i think after traveling for two or three months on the road without a job it made me realize like i don't mind having a routine where i can go to work and yeah do my activities and see the people i want to see and so yeah i'll save money doing this for a while and then totally go from there you know but Mm -hmm. yeah the dreams to make money on the road for sure yeah that's something that's um, I've thought about a lot is like because I've always went traveling come back and been like completely broke Mm -hmm. and for me it's like super important right now to set up like a home base almost Mm -hmm. to come back to so that Mm -hmm. when I come back it's not like complete destitute sure restarting sure Um, so 
do you have any goals like that? Like you talked about building a tiny home. Mm -hmm. Is that something like you've thought about in, oh. for goals? Yeah, oh yeah, big yeah. time. Yeah, big time. I think for this, for example, um, I don't remember how long it took me, but I'll say it was six months. Mm -hmm. Six months to save up 10,000 bucks to buy the van and convert it, pay off all my debt, pay off my Jetta, and, yeah. and then I saved an extra 8,000 to travel. I'm okay with talking. It's money. It doesn't. Yeah. It comes and goes. Yeah. So yeah, you know, eight thousand to be on the road for X amount of time, and no debt. So that was nice. But it took me six months. And once again, I was making pretty good money, and I was working heavily. Yeah. But it just goes to show if you're like determined, you can save. You know. Yeah. yeah if you give yeah. me a year and a half to save for a tiny home, I can save fifty thousand dollars to be able to start doing that. Mm -hmm. But it's how do you save that fifty thousand? live in the now and enjoy yourself right. and be able to slip in a few getaways so you're not driving yourself crazy. Mm -hmm. I figure if you're ever working towards a goal and you want it so bad that you sacrifice, 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 that's good because you do need to do that. Mm -hmm. But if you're not enjoying the process along the way, it's not worth it. Right. Because, you know, a year and a half and you'll build a tiny home, but a year and a half minus a day you die the day before you build the home and be like fuck that sucks you know like i worked so hard and i died i didn't get to enjoy it so yeah enjoy the whole process and make it light yeah but yeah sometimes it does take buckling down and totally. you, we we live in a very transparent kind of like immediate gratification kind of world lately oh yeah you know like even look at the way you call someone if it doesn't go through you just hang up and be like oh well mm -hmm. what's like hundred years ago you went to call someone man like wasn't just that easy you know mm -hmm. all these things so yeah money's one of those like you can't just get it like this and like you know nothing materializes itself that quick so yeah mm -hmm. got to work hard at it but find that balance because that was the big thing with this doing it alone was stressing me out a little bit but it was like hey if, don't forget if you're not enjoying this process it's not going to be worth it when it's done right you're going to be like oh finally it's about time it's done. It's like, no, man. You got to enjoy being on your hands and knees, sanding down shit, and sometimes not knowing, and being frustrated or scared, or, yeah. you know. But I went back home recently, man. I went to my friend Colin's house where I converted this van. Shout out, Colin. Thanks so much. Um, but yeah, and I, you know, I walked into the house, and I swear, I, my first thought was like, I got to go work it on the van in the garage because mm. it was six months ago it was enough to be like oh yeah i got it and it was like no man your van's on the west coast you know that thing's done like that's on to the next you know totally so yeah but um it seems to be the theme too anyone who converts a van typically like as much as it might be kind of stressful to some degree or present challenges mm -hmm. people have that little smile where they're like but i do it again in a heartbeat you know <laughs> yeah. so i think yeah, yeah i that, love i love the process of, of that. course it's man. So fun. yeah because there's no template yeah we're all improvising and then you realize com comfortability is this very like arbitrary thing. Yeah. What makes one person comfy like might not make the other. For me like a pink shag carpet and a wooden ceiling makes it com comforting. Totally. Some people might need, well, I don't know. <laughs> I find it pretty relative too. Like, you know, if you're sleeping out of your backpack in a tent or whatever mm -hmm. and you get into a van, any kind of van, it's going to be luxury. Mm. So, right. You were yeah. used to that a little bit as well, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Recently, where were you in van? You were camping all over the parks and yeah, a little bit in your Hennessy. Yeah. Hennessy's nice. Eh? I love the Hennessy. Hammocks. Do you have the zip? Um, it's a Velcro underneath. Yeah. yeah. Velcro underneath. It's yeah. a few years old actually. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm going to be in for the Alaska trip. Totally. Yeah. It's nice once you learn to 
for me, it was learning how to properly set it up asymmetrically. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you can, you really do get that like flatter. Flat. Yeah. It's it's incredible design compared to any other hammock. It I've is. Seen. Yeah. I want to re up the um, strings and the cordelette and stuff. Mm. I've seen people kind of switch out those elastic ones for better cords. Oh, is that so right? So you can really crank it down. Oh, interesting. And then use a system for the. Um, just for the cordlet so that you can clip it into a carabiner. Yeah. You're totally. not always doing figure eights and stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I think I want to mention one thing that was kind of funny. On the video that we did together, uh, got about three or four comments asking you to start a YouTube channel. <laughs> I noticed that, actually. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Is that something you'd ever consider? <clears throat> you know, I had a laugh about that only because I thought to myself, okay, so it's easy for these people to write that, and it's inspiring, and that warms right. my heart. Like, that, that I could say anything at all that would add value to someone's life or make them think something that's... Yeah. That makes me very happy. The funny part of it was like, that said without knowing what it takes to make a video. Right. I don't have the gear. I don't know <laughs> if I have the patience. My laptop doesn't even work. So it's like in an ideal world, I just make an edited video, toss it on and call it a day. Uh -huh. um, but you know what? That did spark something inside me that went like, cool, maybe you do have a perspective that, that would be nice to share. Or I think so. I don't know in what format that would be, mm. but it does, it for sure warms my heart because, yeah, man, I have, uh, I have a world of things kind of going on internally that make me very excited and make me feel very connected and, and stoked on life. And so, like, exploring those with other people because other people will bring that out in you, right? Like, yeah. part of the reason that interview might have been... Um, any any good at all was because you're sitting here asking me the right questions as well and mm -hmm. i feel like we can relate to each other so you open yeah. up a bit more and yeah but yeah I'd, I'd love to eventually if you can give me the rundown or the beta maybe i could Dude. post post yeah. a small little video and see where it goes you know absolutely for um, sure but it, can help. it's just so cool to see um you know it's funny because the whole reason i reached out as well aside from the universe connecting us before mm -hmm. we even knew each other mm -hmm. um it's just like, yeah, those van life videos add a lot of value for me. Right. And it's not like you watch them and go like, oh, all this is right. Mm -hmm. Or like, oh, mm -hmm. this is the way it just is. Yeah. yeah. But you take a little bit from each thing and sometimes someone says something, you go, oh, that, you know, that seems more. And so, yeah, I think that's, that's wicked. How could I not participate in that? How could right. I not, you know, share my views on it when before it was like, that's what was getting me fired up about it. Totally. But it's, you know, I love how you touched on that on your, on your documentary is like, and I think it's comical that because you're very humble for you to go like, let's see how many likes I can get on the, that to me was, is very funny because yeah. it is a thing. Yeah. And a part of me understands why it is because it's oh, yeah. fucking dope. Totally. It's beautiful. You're bypassing so much things. You're testing yourself. You're challenging yourself to some degree, but conversely, it's simplifying your life. So it's not challenging you in other ways. It's this whole thing. But all to say, I understand why it gets glamorized. Yeah. It's like anything. It's like working out. Yeah. Gets glamorized, but why? Well, because it makes people feel good and they're releasing endorphins and their bodies are healthier, so they're more confident, so they walk around with a smile, so they're better people. And they like, want to share that. And yeah. Show that. So, of course, there's hashtag girls that lift, CrossFit, friggin' this and that. Like, yeah, because mm -hmm. it adds value to people's lives. That's a really good point. It is because yeah. there's no good without the bad, but it's funny because, yeah, van life did seem to pick up where. I think because it's exclusively like in an era where social media and pictures and following trends are be becoming like very meaty, mm -hmm. people can like sink their teeth into these things. And you do see people buy vans just to like post a picture with it. Yeah. And then they open up the van and it's like there's nothing in it. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? Are you a catering company? What's going on? <laughs> what, like, what's going on here? But then again, like, to each their... I have no idea, you know? For yeah. me, it's... I thought I'd post more about van life. Mm-hmm. But I've learned to just post more about, like, what I'm up to. Yeah. Well, that's what you want to share, right? And yeah. it provides value. Like, your life, whatever in your life provides value is what you're probably going to share. Right. And um, obviously, van life provides value, but it's... It's like posting pictures of your home right? in, a, in, a, in a, some sort of way. It totally, is. totally. And it's not like I'm going to take pictures of my apartment. No, because no, the apartment and the home and the van, it's a tool. Yeah. It's a tool to the whatever I'm posting, Yeah. so to speak. But yes, there is nights where you want to be like, hey, look how cozy my setup is. Totally. You know, and I got a candle and it's chilling and I'm just in my van hanging out. Sometimes I'm like, look, I'm in my little cottage. How do you not want to share this? Yeah, yeah. But then again, it's like, that's like being at home and I don't know, taking a picture when you're in your bath. Like, look how cozy I am. Like, And people do it. Totally. Yeah, so. I don't. I don't have a bath. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's very true, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the whole van life thing's funny because... Uh, it's really caught on in a lot of ways. It's much bigger than I think it was anticipated to be. I think so as well. Yeah. But it's funny because we also think it's like this new thing. Yeah. It's like, don't get it twisted. People have been living in their vans forever. Absolutely. The amount of older people I've met who've been like, yeah, you know, I converted my old this and that. Or I... But what I've seen the theme to be as is usually mm-hmm. that's a very temporary means to living. Mm-hmm. So people will mention, yeah, I lived in a van. Yeah. And then it's normally followed up by for two months. Yeah. For a month, which is great that you even tried it. Yeah. And then you go back to your apartment and you're like, oh, I actually really enjoy this leg room. And the closet for my stuff like that's you know I actually like a closet because I have a lot of clothes and yeah you know it's nice to have a washroom so you don't have to scramble in the morning wherever you're going yeah but yeah it's like it's up to anyone what I've found interesting is the, the amount of people I've seen talking about how it challenges them even in your videos and such yeah and I've found like I don't I don't know what it is maybe I just expected it or thought of thought it out but I don't find it's that challenging that's cool I don't yeah. I, and I don't know what it I don't know. I just, mm. I just never found that the challenge, if anything, I think it's less challenging. Yeah. It was more challenging to upkeep a place. It was more cha- Like I don't have OCD. Maybe I do. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, in the apartment, I always wanted to make sure my house was clean. Yeah. So much food. Okay. Well, I got to prep food now. I got to cook this food so I don't waste it. Mm-hmm. I got all this stuff that I might not use and I'm going to make the bed, make sure my laundry's good. And also just being a creature of habit. Like, yeah, once I put on a movie, I just want to lay on the couch and watch a movie all night. Yeah. Or if you're having an off day, it's easy to just like, well, I'm going to go to my little cave and just like kick it and sink in with my thoughts, which is nice. There's value to that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm a little less inclined to just spend time inside when I'm in a van because sometimes I'm like, hey, man, you don't have so much to do in the van. Right. Unless you're sleeping or eating or like you really need to relax, go do that stuff outside. And, And I find my my head has more space to just be in a good place mm-hmm. or just to like sort it out versus yeah for an apartment I don't know it, I guess it depends on your lifestyle but yeah it's it was just kind of like it was getting boring after a while you know hmm. just like oh yeah I got this place I gotta clean up I gotta do this and that most of the time if I'm off for two or three days I'm probably gonna take my Hennessy and throw it in the trunk go climbing mm-hmm. sleep in the bush with my friends or yeah you know, or when you're traveling, you're like, why do I have this place at home with all of these things just so I can get a night's sleep the odd time, you know? Totally. Yeah. Well, I think another thing that van life does for people is it creates a sense of simplicity where they live, which, like you said, you know, it makes 
you know, all the challenges that you have living in an apartment. You face other challenges, but they don't feel like challenges because sure. you're, they're really simple challenges. Sure. And you're just in your day to day and you're sure. doing them anyway. Sure. Uh, one thing I found when I was hitchhiking across Canada is that I was just living out of a bag and I actually found it a lot harder to assimilate back into like getting a job and finding mm. a place to live um, because it was, it's much harder to live like a normal life mm -hmm. than to just be living out of a backpack and traveling. Of course. I find it so much easier to just do that. Did you find that the, the harder part was like coordinating with a lot of people to be able to access like the apartment, the job, the deadlines, the... Yeah, it was like everything. It was even like having to do a big load of dishes and clean the house and spend your time doing this and going to a job and stuff where it was very simple just to be traveling. Totally. Yeah. Intuitively as well, I think you probably connect to a place that's more and this isn't to like harsh on anyone else's lives but it comes from more of a place of love or deliberate attempt to like grow and learn about yourself because every decision you make is like well what's the best way to get there yeah well what's who do I actually want to spend my time with what do yeah. I want to fill my day with definitely whether that's being around people that excite you and make you passionate about things or it's being alone to do the internal work and within that, you have less distractions mm -hmm. versus, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to wrap everything around. Um, do you have any tips for budget travelers? Hmm. Um, I think the biggest one would be like, try to be as resourceful as you can, for sure. If you can recycle or if you can just like seek out, not to say free stuff, but like, yeah, I think some people vote with their money in a weird way where it's like this panicky, like, well, I just need to like get it or I just need to versus like find the cheaper stuff, mm. you know, mm -hmm. shop and like make sure you're getting the most you can, you know, like if you know mm -hmm. you're going to eat a lot of quinoa, yeah. don't buy a $7 box of quinoa, get a $9 bag of quinoa right. and it'll last you a lot longer. Um, but aside from that as well, I think a big one, big ones like use your networks, you know, mm, interesting. like I realized for me, I've. I've been very lucky to make a lot of friends kind of all over. So even when I went to Colorado recently, mm -hmm. like I stayed with a guy who I met in California years ago. Oh, yeah. And we kept in touch the whole time. And then I was brought out there and he was like the most hospitable person I've ever met. Mm -hmm. Was like, wouldn't let me pay for groceries, wouldn't mm -hmm. let me pay for skiing. It was like right. outrageous. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that was like, you know, it, you kind of feel weird. Yeah. But it was almost like if I didn't accept that gift, it made him feel weird. Right. So, yeah, use your networks. If someone's willing to put you up, don't feel bad. Yeah. Accept it. And then because of that, you better believe I cleaned his apartment every day. Right. And he says, you don't need to do this. And I go, yeah, you don't need to do this. No, no, seriously, you can stop cleaning. Yeah, no, seriously, you can stop buying my groceries. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, but use your networks and, and, and the resources because, yeah, when you open up your heart to that, you realize people do just want to share. Yeah. Like even what's funny is that this van thing has connected me. I'm sure you've felt this as well with hitchhiking. All of a sudden you have a larger population of homeless people or people who might have mental illness or people who aren't living the stereotypical house condo mm -hmm. come up to you and converse with you. Right. And I've had people come up to me and go, here are the shelters you can go to eat for free. Right. And now mm -hmm. I'm a part of this club all of a sudden. Right. And how beautiful and welcoming is that it's like, oh, I don't judge like you. Right. I've had people go like, yeah, don't pay for food. You live in your van. There's like good vegetarian meals down the road. 
right. for anyone. Like, yeah. So yeah. using these resources, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think another thing that um, that made me think of was that in this world, we always think of the exchange as being monetary. Mm. Like it doesn't necessarily like value can be exchanged in so many different ways than just paying for something. Of course. Yeah. The energy exchange for sure. Yeah. Conversation can be an exchange. Totally. All sorts of different things. Totally. So that's probably a good thing to keep in mind if you're trying to be really mindful of your budget. Big time. And, and voting wisely with that too. Like if someone yeah. will accept a foot rub for a plate of food. Yeah. Give them a foot rub, man. You know, like I've actually done that. So it's, it is what it is, you know? Um, but yeah, for sure. I think, uh, the biggest one though still has to be, I think like even the people who have a lot of money, man, like times are tough for everyone. Mm-hmm. Life is just getting way more expensive. Mm-hmm. Just is. And it doesn't seem like it's going in the other direction anytime soon. Yeah. So yeah, like buy the things you need, you know? And it's tough cause there's people who I value very much what they do and I want to p- support them. But I have enough T-shirts, so I can't buy my friend's T-shirt even though I'm like, I love that print, and it's so nice. (laughs) Right. And I want you to be able to feed your family, but I don't need if I buy an extra T-shirt. I have 10 of them. I have enough T-shirts. Interesting. So, yeah, like, if you have enough of what you have, like, don't spend money on random things, you know? And then I have a hard time because then sometimes I'll spend money on things I need, like food, and I'll still beat myself up. Oh, you could have got it for a dollar cheaper. It's like, yeah, get over it. You need to eat, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, There's both sides to that. So, yeah, don't be too OCD with it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, everyone in my life kind of makes makes fun or plays with me since I've been a kid calling me, like, tightwad, cheapo. Oh, yeah. My whole life. Huh. But it's because I realize when I'm at work working... There's so many other things I want to be doing. Yeah, totally. I enjoy working. Otherwise, I don't work. But I don't enjoy it as much as climbing, slacklining, going for runs, being outside paddling, hanging with my friends. I don't enjoy it more than that. Mm -hmm. So if I'm at work and I'm working hard, I want to make sure I'm not getting out of work and then just throwing it away. Totally. That time's valuable. So, like, spend the money as if it's, like, a valuable thing, you know? It is a valuable thing. Of course it is. (laughs) Of course it is. I remember my grandfather telling me, like, beer and these, like, lovely things. You get those if you're like living a luxurious life. Right. If you're trying to save and travel. Yeah. And this is coming from a millionaire, but he's a millionaire because he's worked hard. <laughs> yeah. And so he doesn't flaunt <laughs> his money, and he does. But it's like I got this way because yeah, I wasn't paying myself. The, those are treats. Mm. But there's that sense of entitlement of like, well, you know. Yeah. Why can't I? You know, it's it's a treat. Do it from time to time, but that's why we call it a treat. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like to live that way too. And then the beer tastes so much better when you're like, you know what? I don't buy an $8 beer at the bar often, <laughs> yeah. but when I do, that's another thing, you know, sure, I'll have a drink the odd time, but let's not go to a bar where it's $10 and I have to tip someone. Yeah. Let's go to the store, the three bucks, we'll go hang out by a tree, <laughs> you know, totally. and, and get arrested for public drinking, <laughs> adventure time. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you want to say to end the video and the podcast? Yeah. Um... I just want to say that uh, I've been inspired by everyone who's out kind of just like living their lives, making the best of it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, taking back that power. I think it always comes to that, man. I love that. You could see that look in someone's eye when they're excited about the life they live. Mm. And yeah, that's worth exploring because like once again, man, it could be taken away from us at any minute. Right. And so it's important to be like... Sure, you might have to sacrifice certain things like we were talking about and bite the bullet and have days that aren't always the easiest. Mm -hmm. But do that to be doing something that excites you and enjoy that process because, like, 
if you're working to have a nice life in 10 years, I don't know that 10 years is going to come around. So like make sure whatever you're doing now is still filling your heart and nourishing and yeah. And yeah, keep being each other's, uh, your brother's keeper, man. It's what makes this world that much more enjoyable is running into people that you're excited about and passionate to share. And yeah, man, beautiful world. Just, just enjoy it. You know, fantastic. Yeah. That's all I got. Cool. Cool, man. Um, if you guys want to follow his journey on Instagram, roadside.manor, link in the description as well. That's this place. This is Roadside this is Manor. Roadside Manor. And if you want to support my ombre over here, going on an Alaska trip, check out his stuff. Stay real close. That's <laughs> going to be one for the books. Talking yeah. about like a template to something crazy, passionately adventurous. Like that's something I'm still trying to wrap my head around. So really excited to like um, just witness this. You know. Yeah, I'm excited to see what comes out of it. Um, just like video and creative. Yeah, wise. you're going to be cruising content the whole time. Yeah and, yeah, and I'm not sure what to expect. It's a very unpredictable trip. Of course. So it'd be cool to see what ends up happening. Yeah, we're going to see. It's going yeah. <laughs> to exactly. be wicked cool, you know? Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone, for watching and listening. And uh, we'll see you next time.